Oh, you read the title right. The former heavyweight champion of the world, Diamond Dallas Page, is on the show today, and I am pumped. This is a, in the world that I live in, podcasting, interviewing, you take just about anyone, right? I will have Republican, Democrat, um, just about anyone on this podcast, because that's what I do. I interview people. And as you go through this process, you're always trying to find who is an interesting guest, who has a good audience that they might can bring in, and then try to find that Venn diagram of both. And I think DDP is a tremendous guest for a lot of reasons, most of which I did not understand when I booked this podcast. They sent over, as a lot of booking uh, talent people will do, a list of various things that the, that the, that the, uh, that the person is working on or upcoming projects, stuff like that. And, and you usually uh, look through it and try to decide which ones are, uh, are relevant to the podcast and which ones aren't. And I started watching DDP stuff, and it was, I am not a big rah-rah inspirational person, but this, his videos, the Jake the Snake video especially, uh, but Relentless also, I found very inspiring, very down-to-earth, very real, very authentic. Uh, and so at the end of the podcast, if you stay to the end, you'll hear kind of a deal that DDP uh, makes with me, um, which was kind of cool. It was not planned, um, just worked out that way. Um, so this has been kind of a, one of those dreams where you interview these big names of your childhood. This is one of them for me. No sponsor today. All I ask is one thing, to help get on names like DDP. One of the things that they do is look at five-star reviews. How many five-star reviews do you have? So if you enjoy this podcast, if you're new here, thank you for stopping by. Drop a five-star review. It really, really, really helps us out. We appreciate it. Thank you to DDP's team for setting this up. Uh, without further ado, let's talk to the man himself, Diamond Dallas Page. Well, you know, I didn't even ask you. Do you, do you want me to call you DDP Dallas? The no, champ? You like, How do you I go, go by these things? <laughs> I, you know, I go by everything from DDP to Dallas to, uh, you know, Dally, Diamond. Dally. I have so many, whatever, whatever works. Whatever but, works. Know, uh, Scott Hall and uh and and Nash, uh, they always call me Dally. Everybody's got their own little nickname for me. I got so many of them, you know. <laughs> they <laughs> well, they yeah. all work though, right? <clears throat> well, okay. We'll, we'll we'll go uh DDP then if that works for Dallas. Oh, um, it's good to have you on the show. You you mentioned Scott Hall. Let's start there because I watched the documentary about the work that you did with uh, Jake the Snake, and obviously Scott Hall was a part of that, and I saw that bond, him calling you Dally. He, Razor Ramon, for a period, was my favorite wrestler growing up. Um, and, and so working with these wrestlers like Jake, like Scott, um, I, I'm curious because, um, and we'll link to all this in the show notes for the listeners, you know, you've inspired a lot of people that you don't know, and that makes sense, right, because you're a famous person. You can sure. But sure. what's it like to inspire those that you do know? I tell you, um, first of all, I just want to let everybody know that that documentary you're talking about, it's called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. It's on Amazon Prime. And we just put our second documentary up called Relentless. And that's for me blowing my back out to where we are. There, you know, where we are today, like all the adversities that we overcame on both sides. Um, they're both very inspirational documentaries on Amazon Prime. Um, going back to um inspiring guys that are wrestlers to do my my stuff is so rare because you know a wrestler an athlete in general i got my own workouts i'm good i got my own thing you know it's very territorial mm -hmm. and <clears throat> the only reason that it ever really happened did you see the disabled veteran video yes. of arthur borman i watched i watched all like, the videos i watched them all like yeah. Well, so that 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 video, I had helped him. I originally, let's go back to where I blow my back out and going into 99. I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. I just got paid. And now the three spine specialists tell me my career's over. You know, I'm the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga the first 40, 42 years of my life. I didn't start wrestling until I was 35. My career didn't take off till I was 40. 
So I was doing everything to hold back the hands of time. I'm like the king of, you know, the secrets of youth, trying to hold back the hands of time. And I'm the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga, but it was yoga and rehab that pulled me out of that hole, me mixing them together. And like DDPY, we'll talk about that later, um, but uh, it's its own animal. It's not yoga. It's yoga for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. All right. Uh, so now back to inspiring that disabled veteran. I originally just did it to heal myself in 90, going, going into 1999. Um, and as I healed myself in less than three months, I was back in the ring. At 42, they said my career's over. At 43, I got that world championship felt over my shoulder. Um, 43 years old, like that's our Oscar. You know, to put it in terms of people don't understand wrestling or why it's so amazing, why it's so hot, why you grew up watching it. Um, in 2005, I was already retired. I retired for the second time in 2005. And I was like, I want to show people like what this program is, because I was helping so many friends of mine with the program, but there was nothing for them to buy you know, so they could have it when they weren't with me. So I wrote a book on the subject with a buddy of mine, Dr. Craig Aaron. And then I did a video series. And out of that video series, and it was just videos. Today, it's ridiculous how many things we have to help you not just change your life, but own your life. Um, but back then, it was just videos. And anybody who got the program, I would send them an email saying, thanks for getting the program. You know, it means a lot to me that you took a chance on me. And um, mostly they were fans, people who knew me from wrestling because I didn't have any really crazy inspirational things out there. But the disabled veteran and this, without having him, I never get my guys. So I gotta, I gotta lead you up with that. And this disabled veteran, Arthur Borman, um, like I say, I send everybody an email thanking them. He sends me back an email. Within the, that email, I said, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I have six questions. I would appreciate if you would answer them. And he gave me the most thorough, amazing answers ever. And I, and I really had just said thank you to people who had done that for me. But his were so good. And he gave me bits and pieces of himself through it. I said, it sounds like you need some help. I said, tell me a little bit about yourself. And that's when he told me that he was, and, and granted, Ryan, I've never really emailed people on the, uh, you know, on the internet. This is 2006, 2007, you know, internet was big, but nothing like it is today where grandparents are, are on the internet, you know? Um, so I, I'd emailed them back and said, sounds like you need some help. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And he wrote back, the cliff notes would be a hundred percent disabled veteran, morbidly obese, and relegated to thinking himself as a piece of furniture. Now, I write back to him, send me some pictures so I can see what I'm looking at. And those pictures, that's the one piece where I come up in his video. But most people don't know. Like I'm a keynote speaker, and I use that at the end of my my speaking thing, and people had no idea that I helped them. Unless you really like dialed into that, read the underneath part, you don't know. And that video has been seen by we're, oh, probably over a billion people, not just on our sites, but on people who help, else have put it out there. And we don't care. Share it. It's all about inspiring people. So what ended up happening, I said, send me some pictures. He sent me the pictures. And I was like, wow, what's your main goal? He was 297 pounds and five foot six. He had not walked without knee braces, back bracing canes for over 15 years. So his goal is to lose 50 pounds so that he can get the VA to do surgery on him. And so that was the goal. So I sent him this eating plan <clears throat> that a friend of mine, Dr. Fred Vichy came. And it's like my phase three eating plan. And I sent him that eating plan. And I said, you know, what, tell me what you think of this. Now, if he writes back to me, I think I can do it or I'll give it a try. I'm like, awesome. Keep me posted. But he didn't do that. 
He said, I can do this. If you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. You know, it was Henry Ford who made that famous, but what the hell did he ever do, right? So bottom line is we got to Joe. I was in touch with him over a period of time, and then he started videoing it, and it, that his transformation was just ridiculous. Like, I'd never seen a guy lose 140 pounds in 10 months, but more importantly, he lost the knee braces, back braces, and canes, not just to walk, but run. So his son videoed everything. And I had this video that I could show guys. And Chris Jericho was the first guy. Uh, at 41, he blew his back out. And I called him up. And he said, man, I was going to give you a call. I said, you're so full of it. You know, <laughs> but I heard you're hurting. Let me send you a video. And I sent them that video of Arthur. And it hadn't gone viral yet. It would be years before it went viral. And uh, I, sent him the, I sent him the video. He called me back five minutes later. He said, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Because, wow. you know, I've got this big deal to go back to WWE, but I can't right now. The doctors are telling me I'm done. So I sent him, I, you know, I, I sent him the program. 80, three weeks later, he was 85% healed. Three months later, he headlined WrestleMania mm. against CM Punk. And today, he's going to be 52 he just signed a new multi, ridiculously multi-million dollar contact, contract with AEW. So he's still going. Like if I'm a professional athlete, I want to know what he's doing. Right. He's doing DDP yoga, you know? And that made it available for me to help Jake and Scott and AJ and all these other guys that did it. But Jake and Scott... <clears throat> And you're old enough to know, like back when um, in the 90s, so many guys were dying, especially mainly professional wrestlers yeah. at a very young age, in their late 30s, in their 40s, in their early 50s. Like, why are these guys dying? Well, they're dying because they're in so much pain that they're taking so many muscle relaxers and painkillers. And a lot of them were drinking. You know, and Jake Roberts, Jake the Snake Roberts and Scott Hall were, they, they put a dead list together, wrestling fans, like who's the next guy to die? Mm. And wrestling fans are very passionate about it. But when they see something going on like this, they get involved, you know, with the internet and everything. Like every time they did it, Jake was number one or Scott was number one and the other one was number two. Like they were going to be the next guys to die. And that's right. Jake Roberts, without, without Dusty Rhodes, there is no Diamond Dallas page. Mm -hmm. He gave me all the breaks that meant like, they were really pivotal to me getting to the next spot. But if I didn't put the work in, it never would have happened. But they did. The other guy that I'm very grateful to is Jake Snake Roberts. He took me under his wing in my late 30s, and he saw my work ethic and my passion, and he just started helping me. And he made me figure it out, but it really, without Jake and Dusty, I don't have this life. So it was, I tried to help Jake so many times, but he wasn't ready. And Scott was like immobile to be ready. I mean, he was drinking, he'd wake up and start drinking. Like he was drinking vodka for breakfast, you know, and they both were, Scott was addicted to pills and booze and got off the pills and just drank. Jake, <clears throat> Coke, crack, booze, pills, like that he's still alive is God's work. You know, I helped, but it's God's work, you know, because both those guys should be dead. You know, so uh, getting to help them uh, was amazing. Like Scott just passed, though, so, you know, but he got another 10 years and he probably never would have got. But he just died because mainly because of COVID. He didn't get COVID. He was so afraid that he would get COVID because he had four stints and a pacemaker 
in his heart <clears throat> that uh, he wouldn't go out. And when you're an addict and you're trapped in a mm. little apartment, you know, th that's right. about the worst thing that can happen to you. But being able to help them both get to where they had an unbelievable run. You know, Jake's a Hall of Famer. Scott's a two-time Hall of Famer. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was, there's nothing that feels better than that, you know? So you talk about people giving you breaks. And so I think, um, I'm not a, a wrestling aficionado, but I kind of have a loose idea what it means. And you're giving me a break by coming on this podcast. So I appreciate that. And, but in wrestling, there's the term, I think, putting them over, right. And that's kind of part sure. of the process. So maybe unpack when you say giving breaks where it was Dusty and Scott, uh, or some of these guys, you know, quote, putting you over what that means. Um, or, or was it just like helping you with the promoter? Like what kind of breaks was Dusty, uh, helping you with or just teaching well, you? I'll give folks? you an example. Yeah, well, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. I got my first break by sending a videotape to the AWA. I tried wrestling when I was twenty-three. It didn't work out for me, and uh, I had three matches. I sucked. I hurt my knee, and then I got an opportunity to run this rock, little rock and roll club. I was twenty-three, and uh, I was in a in the nightclub business since I was seventeen. Started day crew, bouncing bar backing, bartending. And I'm talking about huge clubs. Like this one club I worked in had 40 bouncers, 40 on a weekend night, you know? So you learn that crazy volume and that crazy partiness. And um, I just, I got that chance to run that club and I never went back to wrestling. And I, it bothered me. I was in 1979 and I, it really bothered me that when wrestling blew up in the eighties, that I wasn't a part of it. So I stopped watching. And at some point I saw Jake on TV and I was like, who is that guy? Oh my God, he's amazing. And I got sucked right back in as a wrestling fan, you know? And, and then I'm running a huge club in uh, Fort Myers, Florida and Jake walked in. And we end up partying at night and getting to know each other. And if you worked Miami one night and Tampa the next, that was 300 miles. Fort Myers was almost right in the middle. And Jake uh, told the boys, hey, you got this guy. He's a fan. He takes care of you. If, you. if you're going to Miami, you know, next time they went through or Miami to Tampa. And then guys like, this is a great picture of me, Luke the Bushwhacker, and Ted DiBiase. Oh, wow. Luke put this up on his Facebook and he put DDP before he was DDP. Like I wasn't even wrestling later that night. There's a picture of me and Ted DiBiase after hours, <laughs> bringing upside down to kill a shooter. So I had all these wrestlers around me again. And I was like, Oh my God, I got to try. So I made a videotape. I sent it to AWA and miracle. They saw it. And they liked me and they brought me in. They gave me a trout and next to I'm working AWA. So I got my first break, but the next break came from Florida Championship Wrestling and a miracle that Dusty Rhodes had left the NWA because Ted Turner was turning it into World Championship Wrestling. Ted, wrestling was on, on Turner Broadcasting for 25 years. Before he finally said, he tried to buy Vince, Mc, Vince McMahon's, you know, because he wanted programming. He bought the Braves, he bought the Hawks, he bought the Falcons, you know, he bought everybody because he, he put them on his network and he wanted the wrestling and Vince wouldn't sell it to him. So he bought a bunch of companies and made World Championship Wrestling and Dusty, they wanted him to be a heel. And Dusty was like, that ain't happening. So he left and he went down to Florida Championship Wrestling. Here's a great picture of me and him 33 years ago. And he, 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 we just clicked. It was like we were your soul brothers, man. Uh, he loved my energy and my work ethic. And I mean, I'm not making any money. I mean, it cost me money to be Diamond Dallas Page those first three and a half years. The best thing that happened, Dusty was there for about a year. And I was there for two and a half years. But Dusty was about there for about a year. 
and we bonded. You know, we just we just created a a real relationship. And a lot of people will talk about, you know, it's about networking and who you know or who knows you. I believe it's about not who you know, but who's willing to say they know you, who's willing to pick up the phone and make a call for you, who's willing to put their name on the line for you. And so when Dusty left, he went to Florida, he went to from Florida Championship Wrestling to the WWF. Then he left there when his contract was up and he came back to WCW to run the show. And he brought me in to WCW. And he made me a color commentator and a manager, which I've been doing for the last three and a half, four years. And I was on a bit of a roll. I was managing the Freebirds. I was managing uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. At the time, he was a diamond stud. Now, I don't know if you ever saw him back then, but before he was Razor Ramon, he was that guy. Oh, wow. No, I'd Razor right? Ramon, my was, first memory. Wow. Right. And because they didn't give him any kind of a push. But I created that look because Scott Hall used to have like blonde, dirty blonde hair and a big walrus mustache. And I was like, you know, he was he had called me because we had met in Florida Championship Wrestling. And he was like, Dally, man, I need a job. If not, I'm going to have to go work at Home Depot. You know, my wife's pregnant. I need a job. So I tried to call down to, you know, to Dusty. I couldn't get a hold of him. So I talked to Magnum PA and Mag's like, uh, well, let me run it by Dusty. You know, bring in Scott Hall in. And uh, he came back and he was like, listen, D, they like Scott. We like him, but he never got over. You know, he never got the people behind him. And he's been here twice. And I said, what if I could totally change what he looks like? He goes, what do you mean? I said, what if I could totally change? Like, you didn't recognize him. And he said, if you can do that, yeah, bring him in. He's got to drive himself here. We're not flying him in. <laughs> I'm like, no problem. So he's in Orlando. I told him <clears throat> he had to dye his hair jet black and get rid of the mustache and do the five o'clock shadow. He was like, oh, bro, my mustache. I've had that for the last, you know, since I was 15. I go, one more reason to get rid of it. You know, we got to change your look. And when he came and we, I, I took him to a hairdresser to get him really that Elvis blue black hair because he really didn't want to go all the way with it. But that five o'clock shadow, he got mm -hmm. at two o'clock. I mean, there was, there was, there was not a, a more handsome looking guy in professional wrestling. You know, he, he looked like Superman. You know, he looked, he literally legitimately looked like Superman. And uh, he, you know, he started to get a little bit of momentum and he hurt his elbow. And then he went to WWF, became Razor Ramon. And I, I got his, I got him a job when his wife was pregnant. I created his look that made him millions of dollars. So when he came back, he wanted to help me. You know, see, it's all, it's, yeah. it's relationships. It's, mm -hmm. it's people who care about you and see how hard you're working, that will really step up for you. And Dusty did that for me there. And then he would mentor me, you know, through just about everything. And he had told me that he never would have believed that I would ever achieve what I achieved, mm -hmm. you know. But at one point, he started to, because he just saw that I was just making gains, 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 gains. But I was putting the work in. If I wasn't on the road, I would go down that power plant and I would train other guys. Why? Because the more you teach someone, right. the more you learn. The more you learn, the better you get. And, uh, you know, eventually, you know, Dusty, uh, they, they, I call it putting him out the pasture. It's like he's had all his ideas. He's not, he's, they don't think he's going to come up with anything new, but they don't want to lose him mm -hmm. because he's too valuable. So they pay him to stay home. <laughs> and he had all this time on his hands. So I could talk to him anytime then. So when I say put time into me, like, the most valuable thing Dusty did for me, there was a lot, but the most valuable thing, one night I was 
just bitching up a storm about the booking committee. Like they're the ones who write the stories. And you got to understand in wrestling, it's predetermined. It's like, it's storylines. It's like watching a uh, Yellowstone, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, uh, or, um, you know, Dallas back in the day, or just soap operas where you take real things that happen in your life and you mix them with the storyline. That makes sense. Yeah, like absolutely. we're real, but that's what reality TV is. Uh, we're shooting a docu-series right now. It's going to be unbelievable. But it's just like we shot Jake's documentary mm-hmm. where, you know, when it comes to reality shows, they're total bullshit. Like mm-hmm. they, it, it, they're setting up things. Okay, you do this, you do that. So it's like scripted, unscripted television. You know, I, I don't do that. You know, I, I live real life. But wrestling is kind of the first reality show. Right. So it's like, it's, Imagine how hard it is to get over when the guys who write the storylines don't think you're ever going to get over. Mm. So they don't put the time into you. And one night I was talking to Dusty and I was bitching up a storm. And at some point I said, listen, dream, you know, the American dream was, you know, his nickname. I I said, dream. I said, I know I'm never going to be you or Rick or Hulk. I know I'm never going to be the world champion, but these said, went, Dennis, enough. What did you just say? Like he's yelling at me like, whoa. And I feel kind of stupid, you know, like, well, dream. I know I'm never going to be you or Rick. Or, no, D, what did you say after that? I said, well, I know I'm never going to be the world champion. He said, what the hell are you doing it for? Dennis. As hard as you work, as much time as you put in, you know, as much as you normally believe in yourself, if you don't believe you're going to be the world champion, you should get the hell out of our business right now. I was like, man, I felt like he reached through and just bitch slapped me, you know? <laughs> and um, he kept talking, and I can't tell you a thing he said, but I'll tell you exactly what I did. Right next to my phone was a pad, a ledger pad. And I wrote down, I will be the world champion in five years or less. Mm -hmm. It was four years, four months, and 14 days. April 11th, 1999, it was five, six days after my 43rd birthday. And I step in the ring with Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. And the Stinger, the franchise of the company. Oh yeah, big names. And I, and and I walk out the world champion. Like it's crazy because I've told that story so many times on cameos. Because I'll do cameos for people to inspire mm-hmm. them and stuff. And and one day I'm doing this cameo and it hits me. Wait a minute. I actually said four years, four months, and fourteen days earlier. Dusty, I know I'm never going to be you or Rick or Hulk. Yet four years, four months, and 14 days later, I step in the ring with Rick and Hulk and the top guy in the company. Mm-hmm. Yo, like, what's the odds of that? <laughs> well, so when you win the championship, obviously that's a pop. That's the crowd's going crazy. You know, there's all kinds of mm-hmm. adrenal- adrenaline emotions. How does that compare? Because most people will never experience that, right? But how does that compare to seeing Jake push through, not give in, or the disabled veteran? Compare those two emotions because they're probably similar but different. Yeah, you know, I always say the five things that I'm most proud of, my, my marriage to my wife that I'm with now who's... Like, oh, my God. I say to her every single day, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And she says it back to me, and I'll go, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. Two and a half years later, everybody's going to have some kind of baggage. We have zero. We never, I mean, it's just like, it's like the best thing ever, ever happened to me. That world championship title back there. Um, the Hall of Fame ring. The resurrection of Jake the Snake. And my community on Facebook, it's called DDP Yoga. It's one word, just like this is, 
but it's not my page. It's the members page. And it started with a couple of guys who did the program, then turned to a couple hundred people. Now there's over 72,000 people there. Everyone helps each other. You've never seen anything like it. But Paige, my wife Paige, that gold, the ring, Jake, and that's Paige. Like those are the things that are the most, it's my legacy. You know, it's like what I'm the most proud of. Being able to help Jake not just get sober, but get him to walk away from the business on his own terms and to go into the Hall of Fame. Like I can remember when Jake had first got to my house and he'd been there for a couple months and he was down like within the first Forty pounds, but he'd been sober for. He was down thirty pounds, but he'd been sober for sixty days. That was a really big deal. And then uh, I get a DM on Twitter from XPOC, you know, Sean Waltman, and he says, "D, I know you're helping out, Jake. Please call Scott. He's got a gun. He said he's going to kill himself." That's the DM he sent me. So I call Scott. And when I tell you Scott Hall never picked up the phone, ever, anytime I ever called him. But that night he did. And you know, we taped the whole thing. I mean, uh, he yeah. was so, so inebriated. What were you saying? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I watched that moment on the documentary. And um, it, it's really weird just wrestling in general because unlike other sports, you know, I don't, and I hadn't watched wrestling since I was a kid, but you know, I watched you know before you and in your era and whatnot. Right. So you you almost feel like you know you guys, but whereas I don't feel like I know um you know Drew Brees or LeBron James. I don't really feel like right. with wrestlers, you feel like you know them. And so here you are, and Scott Hall comes on and goes, Hey Dally, you know, it's like, oh, there's Rachel Ramone, and then there's <laughs> and there's Jake the Snake, and there's Dowdell's Page. And it's not a it's 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 real and it's raw, but um, it was a weird, it's just a weird experience to see that, but, but he was, and, you know, I think it can be taken for granted. That's why I started where I did, which is, you know, um, calling someone that, you know, that needs help and saying, Hey, you need help. Um, first off, that's very uncomfortable for a lot of people, but then getting mm-hmm. them to believe into you, uh, because they know all of your ups and downs and all the ups and downs of everyone involved. And, and so watching that moment unfold and where Jake's like, he's helped me. He can help you too. And then Scott go, really? I'm in. Like that was a, I thought a really beautiful, just touching moment for uh, three grown men just to share and for us to get to witness. Yeah. And you got to remember all of us are in our fifties. You know, we're all in our fifties. <laughs> Jake's 11 right. months older than me. And Scott's was two and a half years younger than me. So Jake's a little bit older and Scott's a little younger, but you know, even though it's a story of three wrestlers, as as you know, has nothing to do with wrestling. Right. <laughs> three friends. Like zero. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I just found this recently. Oh, man. Hold on one second, because I got, I just found this, and I'm going to need my iPad. Hold on one second. Hit pause. That, let me go ahead and mention oh. uh, the documentary that he referenced, which is, again, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. We'll link to that. I watched it all last night. Um and I watched his other one, Relentless, that he mentioned. Uh, I'd encourage all the listeners to go check that out. Truly, truly inspiring stuff. It was um, touching just to see the lives that uh, DDP and crew uh, are impacting. And so just wanted to put that out there while he's he's going to get his iPad. Um, and I will upload this video right. too, so people can go check out the pictures. He's, his background here is it's, it's quite impressive. So... So when we were putting this out there, we had one of our executive producers was um, a guy named Chris Bell. Chris Bell did Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. That's steroids and everything. He's done a a number of them. And one of his friends is Josh Brolin. You know who Josh is? One of the best actors of of this generation. 
So Josh is an addict as well. And Chris gave him the doc, Resurrection of Jake the Snake, to watch. And this is what he wrote to Chris in a text. Chris, just watch the doc. And I'm in stunned silence. Wow. A happy ending. And then he puts in parentheses. Or at least un- or at least until now. Meaning anything could happen, right? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. DDP dash dash. What an amazing guy. A real man. Thank you so much for turning me on to that. A great story of hope, love, and real compassion. I needed to see that. See you at the gym. Sincerely, JB. Like, Touching. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's, it, 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 one of the things I wanted to compliment you and your team on is watching the documentary, it didn't have that um, infomercial feel. It had a right. raw, authentic feel. Was that intentional? Or did that just work out that way? Because, you know, when you bring in Chris Jericho as an outsider, I'd go, well, of course, Chris Jericho is going to endorse DDP stuff. They're buds, right? And so, you, but, it, but it's not presented that way. It's, it like that. Where <laughs> it's unbelievable. How did you guys capture those moments where it, it, it's not reality TV and it's not infomercial? Right. You, it's a perfectly threaded needle to where, I was up last night, like 11 o'clock watching this going, wow, this is really moving stuff. You know, it's kind of like if you go back to the Arthur video. Now, the reason why it never went viral in the beginning, because the guy who did it was his son, you know, who made the video. But he had all this footage because he's just filmed everything, right? right? And then my business partner, Steve Yu, who is an amazing storyteller, um, he was the director of Resurrection and uh, one of the executive producers of Relentless as well. And um, when he did, when he redid Arthur's video, I was like, bro, you didn't put DDP yoga in there anywhere. Mm. And he said, well, you got two choices. He goes, I read this book on going viral. I'm like, what's viral? <laughs> this is 2000. Right. This is 2012. Okay. This is May of 2012. We just had our 10 year anniversary with this. And he said, well, virals where people will share the videos and in the, and in the content, instead, if you're trying to sell something, then it'll never go viral. And he said, so we have two choices. Do you want to do a commercial or do you want to do, you want to inspire people? I was like, let's inspire people. So then I watched it a couple more times. I'm like, bro, you called me a yogi. I'm not a yogi. He goes, yeah. He goes, but people are going to see it. Companies called DDP yoga. You know, people are going to see, you know, you as a yogi, no matter what. He goes, you know how many yoga walls this is going to end up on Facebook? I'm like, no. I have no idea how many people are going to share it. I have no idea. Right. And uh, so Steve, you, and this is, this has been our, from the very beginning of, because I've been 18 years working on this thing, DDP. And I, and I I pretty much call it DDP. Why now? Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just yoga. You know, just uh, DDP yoga, I'm good with, but <laughs> DDPY, I'm better with because it's it's branding, you know. And, you know, I, Steve and I, when we started this, it took eight years to be an overnight success. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talk about in Relentless. And Steve Austin was living with me as I was putting this together. So he's in it going, dude, you're never going to get people to do yoga that wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. Why don't you just market to the yogis? I go, because that's not why I did this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's different than that to me. And I got to be true to myself. And he's like, kid, I hate to see you putting all this money in this thing. It's never going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So he's in that video relentless. Yeah, yeah. Talking about that. 
Um, so when um, uh, when Steve was doing it, everything we decided to do, every video, we're just going to inspire people. Mm. We're not going to. We're not going to go the other route. Like we're filming a show right now, and it's a docu series, and it's called Change or Die. And there's two celebrities in there, and three regular people, and this is in the same house that we filmed the Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Mm. And one of my top trainers, uh, one of my best friends, Josh Nair. He's in there all the time with the people. I'm there because I'm crazy busy. I've got seven different businesses. I'm there to inspire people to go to the next spot mm -hmm. and to teach them life's lessons. Now, is it a weight loss show? Yes, but no. Is it a, is it, is it a rehabilitation documentary? Kind of like Jake's? Yes, but no. Is it teaching people how to eat real food? Like real food, like not fake garbage that everyone eats like everyone oh, i'm eating really healthy like tell me what you eat no you're eating shit like you're not eating real food you know we show you throughout this thing what these people are eating and, and why you know we're eating we have, we have nutritionists you know involved we have doctors involved and so is it about teaching people how to eat real food yes but no it's all about this it's about the story you tell yourself it's about that inner voice it's about rebooting people's brains because of the five people four of those people if they didn't change their lives in the next five years they are going to die mm. like that's just the way it is and one is buff bagwell oh, marcus wow. buff bagwell i mean buff was so bad on on pills you know uh mainly um somas which is a muscle relaxer and completely you know damn near ruined his life and came in and helped him butterbean mm. butterbean when you see butterbean and where he is and where he ends up you're gonna be like get out of here and then there's two women um and they've got good stories but the main, the heartbeat of the docu-series, I was about to give this to a guy who I knew needed help, but I didn't really know him, this guy. And because we had five spots and nobody gets kicked out unless they kick themselves out. You know, it's not, it's not Biggest Loser. It's not like you know, sure. one of those game show bullshit things. Um, the fifth person I was about to call and I got a text from a buddy of mine. He said, Hey bro, I've been watching this kid on TikTok. Me and my brother are watching him and he's trying so hard to lose weight, trying to turn his life around. He's been losing weight. He's down to 466 pounds and I'm going to buy him your app for a year i'm gonna this guy I don't even know him mm -hmm. you know but he's so moved by this kid that he's gonna buy him his his app you know my app for a year for the kid will you send him a 30 second you send me a promo 30 second promo to inspire him i said do you know him he goes no i'm just following on tiktok i'm just inspired to try to help him and I said, get his number. I might have something better. So I had my girl, Nadia, who's, you know, head of all of that stuff. Uh, she calls him up and she calls me back and she goes, D, oh my God, this kid, we've got to bring him in. We've got to bring him in. I'm like, all right, that's why, that's why I had you talk to him. Mm -hmm. I said, let's bring him in. And all I'll tell you is when he gets there, he thinks he's 466 pounds. He's never left his house. Like after high school, he never left his house. Oh, wow. Never left from the living room to the bedroom, to the kitchen. Living room, bedroom, kitchen. He gets on the scale. He's 513 pounds. Brian, he's five foot one. 
Oh my gracious. Wow. His his legs aren't like this. Oh yeah, they're they're like this. Oh my gracious. Because they're about to yeah. break. Oh my gracious. You know, because his because his his knees can't, they're bowed like he's like been riding horses his whole life. He's never been on a horse. So bottom line is, I'll just tell you that's how it starts. And the journey that happens is it's going to help people understand big people. Like when they did that 600 pound show, I watched little bits of it. It pissed me off so much because they weren't trying to help those people. They were, it was like, look at the fat person in the 500 pound fat woman in the circus. Mm -hmm. That's what Mm -hmm. it was like to me, you know? And we're going to help this kid. When does this and release, this, this docuseries? Probably January-ish. Okay. Uh, I've actually been contacted by an agent who wants, because he's heard what we're doing and wants, you know, wants me to talk to him about selling it for like ABC, NBC, CBS. The only way I would do one of the big three, the only way is if, you know, because they cancel shit left and right. You know? Sure. If you cancel it, no problem give it back to me right and i own it you know because I'll, I'll never do it like that but i'll i have all the cable companies interested and i'm not gonna show it to them until it's a hundred percent done mm. like they don't get to see it because they don't get to change shit right like here's the story like is there times where do we have conflict oh yes without question but I'm not promoting this. I'm trying to get them to do sure. this. Right. Right. Like our, our DDP yoga, and anyone's listening to me, don't listen to a word I have to say about my program. Don't listen to anything. Go on Facebook, put DDP yoga in, and look to, there's, there's a couple of member sites, but look at the one that's got 70 plus thousand people. And read what people write. It's kind of like, and you remember back in the day when I was wrestling, Ryan, where, I mean, the whole building is chanting DDP. Like, mm-hmm. 80% of the building is chanting your name. Like, it's so hard to get the crowd to do that. Oh, yeah. It's so hard to get them to do it. When they do it, they're, they're, in, they're, they're involved emotionally, like you said, because in the beginning, like, you feel like you know us. Right. Like, they really care. Even though they know it's a work, they know it's <laughs> predetermined, but it still doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. come on, get off that mat. And come on, fight back. And, like, it's really crazy. That's what writing on the internet's like. And you can get people to write, hey, great job, or, you know, this is an awesome workout. That's not what people do. You're right. They write paragraphs about their journey. And when people say to me, like Darius Rucker, you know, Darius right. Rucker is right. Yeah, I saw the eating the blowfish. Yeah. And Darius Rucker, <laughs> yeah. one of the biggest country stars in the world right now. Uh, when he finally, it's a, I mean, it was one of my good friends for 20 plus years, and he would never do the program until about five, six years, maybe about five years ago. He's like, D, my knees are killing me. My back hurts. I've gained 30 pounds. I've got to get in shape. He goes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I sent him the program. Five weeks later, he calls me back. She's like, bro, I'm addicted to this shit. Like, is everybody like that? I said, the people who do it. Mm. (laughs) Because if you really put the work in, you get the results. You know, and it's not just physical, it's mental. It gives you a different level of confidence that I really can't even explain. You have to experience it. So we got just a few minutes left here. Let me ask you this. Walk me through, you know, how you, before you kind of became this next phase of uh, DDP, which is the inspirational, the yoga, the, the kind of moving people beyond, have you always been this way? Did you struggle with depression? Was there someone who's influential? What was maybe a low moment that you were able to overcome and learn from? Oh my God. You got to watch Relentless for that. <laughs> because they're, you know, like everybody, 
everybody goes down. You know, like my buddy, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson is the biggest star in the world. And he's one of us. He has opened the door for John Cena to become a huge A-list actor. Uh, Batista to become a a huge A-list actor. I mean, he really opened the door. He gets depressed. Like he did a whole thing on depression. You know, Donald Trump gets depressed. Uh, Obama gets depressed. Oprah. Tom Brady gets depressed. Like every big star you know, they go down. But they don't stay there. They're smart enough. And they've trained themselves to know enough. Okay, this isn't working. The biggest, most depressing moment in the world for me was when I blew my back out and I get told by three spine specials, you're never wrestling again. Like the dream is now over. I didn't get paid through 97 and 98. I was the wrestler of the year in WCW. I was number four in the world in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I had the feud of the year with Randy Savage. I made 10 to 20% what all the top performers made because it wasn't a downside guarantee contract. It was the contract. And at some point, I'm sure I could have renegotiated, but I figured, let me go to the end of this because if they don't give me what I want, I'm going to the WWF. You know, like they don't give me, if they don't have respect after what I just did, and they did. So they had the respect and they paid me the monster money. But, oh, wait a minute, that's not guaranteed. Mm. If I'm out of the ring for six months, that money goes bye-bye. So I was super depressed. And what I've really figured out I tore my rotator cuff one time. They let me go. Jake Roberts came into my life at that moment. And I'd already been with him on numerous times, but came into my, to see how I was doing. And him and his wife split up. So he was living in a hotel, which isn't a big, that sounds like a big deal to regular people. Oh my God, he's living in a hotel. We live in hotels five days, six days a week, every freaking day of the year. when you're wrestling right so it's like okay i'm in another hotel but i didn't want to see him there and that's right i i I moved him into my house for like three months and he stayed there he taught me so much and he kept teaching me long after he left and the only reason he had to leave because he lost a 12 foot black cobra in my house okay (laughs) and my wife at the time was like he has got to go i love him but he's got to go um but my point is, it looked like it was the worst thing that ever happened to me when I tore my rotator cuff. It was the, and then I lost the job. I lost the job. I was let go. It was the best thing ever happened to me. Mm. The best thing ever happened because Jake Roberts came in my life. Now that it looked like I was going to boom, magically become this guy, hell no. But I learned so much over that period. And I put the work in over that period. And when I came back, they still didn't see it. But I could see it. Mm. I didn't see myself being a world champion, obviously. I hadn't had that conversation with Dusty yet. But I saw myself being a contender, a guy who could you know, be a bottom of the top guy. I saw it. And it's so, I tell people all the time, it's, it's so important. You never underestimate the power you give yourself by believing in you. Like it's so strong. It's glass half empty, glass half full. I'm always going to pick this glass. Why do I want the glass half empty glass? Doesn't make any sense. So I had experienced numerous things. Like if you look when I blew my back out and they're telling me my career's over, it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. Oh, wait a minute. Mm. It's the best thing, not just to happen to me, but every single person who does my program. And we're talking hundreds 
of thousands of people go on that page or i did while we're on here i actually went on there to add it i've submitted my request to be added while we're on this podcast so i can link to that for the as well just look at look at some of the stories that are up there like you'll see people putting pictures of themselves women who are 300 plus pounds wearing something that shows their body Mm -hmm. like what woman would do that in a million years except for and guys too same thing guys more have to do it but it's showing okay here i am i'm going to change i'm I'm, I'm, people wear their hearts on their sleeve there and that's because of the way i've always run this whole company Mm. very transparent if i tell you something you know it's real it's not bullshit I'll stand behind everything I say. Like I'm dealing with a hyperbaric chamber company right now that I love the results, but there's certain things that they need to change for me to go. This is the, this is the, this is the bomb. Like, you know, you know, Daniel Bryant, Daniel Bryant. Now his name's Brian Danielson. His real name is wrestler. He's a wrestler. Yes. Yes. That guy. He, he, Cause yeah, he one of the huge, he was one of the huge stars, little guy, but humongous. You love, he's the best in the world right now. He had concussions that were so bad, they made him retire. Like, you're done. Two and a half years later, living in a hyperbaric chamber twice a day, he's back. He's back and he's number one again. Mm -hmm. He's like the guy. And he's now, he went from WWF, he he left to go to AEW for a better schedule, not have to work as many days. But the son of a bitch will go out there and tear it down. Watch him do a 60-minute match a couple of months ago. It was like, oh, my God. This is the guy who had concussion so bad, he had to retire. Right. And that's the kind of that's, – that's what happens when you're in a hyperbaric chamber because the oxygen isn't just going to your blood and oxidizing your blood. It's going to your brain mm. and oxidizing your brain. Like every single rodeo guy, every single wrestler – Every single football player should have one, like every single one, because they the, the impact that their bodies have gone through, but their brain, you know, every, every fighter, every boxer should, should have one because it's, you know, it's just, it's all about healing your body as you're breaking it down. So have I been depressed at times? Hell yeah. I just don't stay there. I figure out, okay, what can I do to fix this? And sometimes that that answer doesn't come right away, Mm -hmm. but I still keep looking for it. Mm -hmm. I figure it out. And that's what my, again, that's that's what change or die is going to be all about. Like, how do I get around this? Not me, them. What can they learn from me and my business partners? Steve and my whole crew, you know, of how do I live a healthier, happier lifestyle? Because when it's all said and done, there's certain people just care about money, mm-hmm. but there are very few of those people. That's just the, the mega rich. They only know about money. But the rest of the world, they want one thing. They want to be happy. They want to be healthy. But they don't realize without health, because you get told you have cancer tomorrow, your whole world changes. Right. And you care about one thing, your health. You get get told because of strokes or whatever, you're going to die. 99% of the people's whole life changes. Some people still don't care, Mm -hmm. you know, because they just feel there's, they have no respect for themselves and, they don't have very self low, really low self-esteem, and they just don't care. Just, I'm going to keep smoking. I don't care. Keep smoking. You know, I mean, I don't care how people eat. I don't care. I don't, people can do whatever they want to do, whatever makes them happy. Make, are they a good person? You know, that's the kind of people I hang out with. And you become the five people you hang out most with. And I get to control that now. Mm. Like, if you're an asshole, you don't even get to talk to me. You know, at 66, I don't have the time to talk to you. Right. You're a good person. I got yeah, I got plenty of time. Help people I don't even know. And that's how it happens. Well, let me just confess something to you here. Um, 
in, in booking this interview, I thought it'd be cool to get DDP on, you know, remember from childhood. I know he's doing a lot of cool things. I saw you on Rogan, uh, but watching those videos last night in preparation for this interview really inspired me. And so I, I'm going to actually take the course because I need to drop probably to 40 to 50. So um, I want to, I want to do that. And so I'll I just, I mean, I, you know, I've watched a ton of stuff like this before, but, but the way that you, like I said earlier, the, the needle that you guys threaded, I thought was so just, well done. And so encourage the listeners to check it out. Uh, so let me drop 40 and let's get you back on to, to tell you about it. hundred percent. But, but 100%. Then, there's and, all kinds of stuff we but, didn't get to though. I want to make sure, cause I know we're up against the clock here. You have, we're going to link to the two documentaries. You also have a show on Netflix. We didn't get it didn't get to talk about. Um, you have a <laughs> docu-series coming up. You have all kinds of things. So um, I'm going to give you the last word. Thank you so much for doing this. This is obviously a uh, a help up to a younger up and comer who's nowhere near as famous as you are. So thank you for that. But plug, promote, and where do you want to send people to um, after they listen to this interview? You know, ddpyoga.com or ddpy.com is where you'll find the program. But go to DDP Yoga. One word on Facebook. Just read with those people, right? Uh, ask them questions. You know, they're the people who do it, they get it. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're they're like they're, these people like it's so amazing to watch. There's a woman who is her name is Stephanie, and she was 300, just a little over 300 pounds. And I saw after six months, she was so excited that she lost 34 pounds. And we have five pictures, you know, where your front side fold forward. Then, well, let me show you Arthur's pictures. Okay, so people who do. So uh, this is an example because you I, you can't fake the six mm. pictures, right? Meaning that um, you know people who oh god they they changed it again. Uh, Apple they're constantly changing. And then I can never find anything. Okay, I'm nope, that's not what I want. Um, let me see here. Oh god, I hate when they do this. Oh uh, yeah, because they they change it and then all of a sudden oh my god. How do I find what I normally am? I could find instantly. <laughs> uh, here, that's not the vein changing. I'm looking for changing lives. I'm not seeing it. Because I really want to show you Arthur before and after pictures. Because it's just like God sent me to him. Here it is right here. Perfect. Okay. So this is Arthur Warman. But I said, send me to sick, go to two pictures. Wow. So I can see what I'm looking at. He has knee braces mm -hmm. that go into a back brace. Mm -hmm. He's been walking on those canes for 15 years. Mm -hmm. That's day one. That's 10 months later. That's crazy. Day one. Watch his physiology, though. Boom. Yeah. He's a military dude. That he knows how to attention. Oh, yeah. But that's not what the program's about. Not the weight loss. It's about that guy getting mm. mobility back. Mm. This is my favorite picture. I'm like, Arthur why is your son holding on to you? He said, because I'll fall. Mm. Not wow. anymore. From this guy to this guy. Wow. That's core strength at a different level. Like that girl I was telling you about, she had her foot where she had it barely off the ground. You see, Arthur can't even stand on two feet. How's he going to stand on one? Right. So her foot was like maybe a, a foot off the ground. The next picture... She's doing like Arthur over her head. Oh. And I realize, I go, oh, wait a minute now. She's putting the work in, mm -hmm. but she thinks she can out train a bad diet and not eating real food. So I found out her number and I called her and she could barely, oh my God, she wasn't a wrestling fan. <laughs> she became one out of it, but sure. she wasn't a wrestling fan. She knew me through Arthur and all the other people I had helped. I put her on, I gave her this thing, the very first thing on the app, the very first thing on the app that you will see is the list. And it looks just like this. The very first thing. You do everything on the list, Ryan, and you've already done some of it. You just don't change your life. You start owning your life. So I want to go back to, she ended up um, losing a hundred pounds 
from that moment on, she lost a hundred pounds, I don't know, like in nine months or something. It was crazy. But I want to show you because it's all about strength. And this is a picture of Arthur on his one year anniversary. Remember, Arthur's five six, his son's six two. Oh wow. He's doing a push-up, right. his son's standing on his back. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, wow. he's in plank and his son climbed up there. I would never ask him to do that. <laughs> That's something right. he did. Um, but it's just like, let's go and see what other people say. You know, the rest of it, you know, I, I do these things too because you were a very credible guy and Marlon really liked you. And, uh, you know, but my buddy, he, you know, he bets through so many because so many of them I don't do because I don't have the time. Sure. And everybody's got a podcast now. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, it is, you know, it's uh, to me, I, I make the time for people who, you know, are out there putting the work in. That's what you're doing. You're going to do the program. I am. You get ready. And, you call and, Marlon back. I, and just so everyone knows, this was not part of the arrangement to get you on the show. What happened was <laughs> I reached out and in a few months ago, I was like, hey, let me ping back. And they sent over, like most people do, hey, here is the, the various things that DDP is working on. And so I wanted to do my prep. And so I watched Relentless. I watched the Jake the Snake, which blew me away. Um, uh, and so I, and I watched, I saw the about you getting married, which we talked about a little bit uh, before we got on here. And so I, was, I just watched it. I was like, man, this seems, this it, it just feels different. And so I, I didn't expect to spend this much time when I booked the interview on this stuff. But watching this was so well done, so powerful, so moving. So thank you for that. I am going to do it. We'll get you back on. Uh, we'll send people to uh, to the yoga group uh, on Facebook, to your website. Uh, Not yoga. Hey, Ryan, I'm going to tag no you. yoga. No, no yoga. yoga. I'm sorry, just the why. Just the why. Just the why. DDPY. DDPY. I will say yoga again. We'll say DDPY. <laughs> I will be on Twitter uh, documenting this so people can follow along if they're interested as well. Uh, DDP, thank you so much for this. This is wonderful. I really appreciate the time. I know you're super busy, so thanks for hopping on here today. Uh, it's, it's, it's been your pleasure. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, tag me and tag DDP Yoga as you go through that journey. I will. Okay? I and will. become part become part of that community. You'll see added. it up there. I, I added awesome, it all while we're on the podcast. You got to be a person of action. So thank you so much, DDP. Uh, listeners, we'll be back real soon. <laughs>